Welcome along to the Selling on eBay radio show as we make our way through quarter four. The deal time of the year for eBay to start tinkering with the platform. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah, fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So it's the uh, Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Sherry, your hosts. Our aim is to try and make your eBay business as fun and as profitable as it can be. Sherry is uh, Sherry Smith. She's based uh, over in Colorado, other side of the country from me. She sells on consignment, has an army of uh, teenagers working in her basement, helping her with that. And in her personal life, she's... uh, up to the amount of uh, keep fit activity she's taken on recently, which seems something like an oxymoron, because every time I try and book a show, she says she's feeling under the weather. <laughs> well, Philip went full-time on eBay 12 years ago, and he lives near the happiest place on Earth in Florida. He has his best ideas at Applebee's, but only during happy hour. Philip sells professional electronics, including audio equipment, which he quite enjoys playing with as you can see. I'm a tinkerer on this show. by nature. Yes. All right, coming up on today's show, we have Sherry. We have Michelle Hoagland, who is with Paladin, oh my gosh, Global. <laughs> and I'm sorry, my my dog is attacking me. All right, so um, whilst you take care of the dog, I will just uh, say that Michelle is uh, on the line now. She may chip in uh, for the first part. If you hear a third voice coming in, that's her. She's very welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, Hello, and we'll, uh, everyone. give you your uh, full spotlight a little bit later on, say more about your business as well, if we can, then. Mm-hmm. Very uh, good. Also, uh, Sherry, we've got, uh, well, there is bits and bobs changing, right? Well, speaking of tinkering, there's been some on the eBay site, good or bad for sellers. We'll, we'll talk know. about mm-hmm. that. And uh, I don't know whether you, like me, try and follow this uh, cyber stalking case, the uh, civil case against eBay and a bunch of other people. It's just kind of weird. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the, um, the summary is that the spooks have now become involved. Ooh, and Michelle is going to share six ways to score big at estate All sales. Right. So, so it's I'm a special, about that. special show about estate sales. If that's something you want to get involved in, maybe figure out how to make decent money at that. We'll uh, help you. Uh, we'll help you with that. All right, uh, some platform changes, Sherry, going on this uh, this week or so. Well, yes. So now you're going to see. In I don't know. Maybe they're running out of room. So <laughs> instead of ten thousand, you're going to see. 10k. Now that's on the and, the sort of feedback count thing, I think, isn't it? Yeah, for your feedback. And now something I'm really excited about is that Terrapeak is now going back two years, and I noticed that right away. Mm-hmm. And your order history is going back two years, which explains maybe why my orders history wasn't working for the past few weeks. But it was well worth it. Because I, th- I have been wanting this for a long. I think that's time. a big one. And finally, we can actually search on a. Character, few characters to find the right order in the two years. That's a big plus. Yes. Frankly, that's I'd like huge. to see it go back the same number of years that you have to keep your data on file for tax purposes. So I think it's like seven years or something. So, but maybe they'll add a year every year that goes by and make that history richer. You never know. I wonder luck. if we go 
pull up an item that sold two years ago. I wonder if we could do a sell similar from it. Mm, you think that would so? Be, well, maybe you can try when we have a minute or two later on, see if that works. Sure. The, the therapy thing is interesting. I don't know about you, Michelle, but I think people put a lot of store in therapy, and I'm not always sure it's your best friend. I think it can mislead you um, either either to often to overprice stuff because it doesn't really yes. understand quality or sell a reputation, it just looks at skew. And I see people that try and list stuff in categories that I work in. They see my stuff selling, where I maybe spend a day of my time completely cleaning, gutting, checking, refurbishing, updating an item, and they think, well, they're going to take 10% off my price, and that's what they're going to get. And the reality is they're probably not, and I think they'll sit there for ages confusing the marketplace with pricing that's completely off the curve in terms of what they can actually justify. I agree, and I think Sherry's dogs concur with that one. Like Sherry's dogs are the fan club; they're all they're in in force today. I think uh, I'm going to get fired after today, <laughs> and I should, because the way I've set it up, I can't even. All right. Well, uh, I could mute myself though. All right, I'll leave you in charge of that as well then. Okay. All right, and the feedback count. Frankly, I think if the if the ten comma zero 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 confused you, I don't know that ten k is going to help you much. But maybe it's a case of all these uh, little kids that are on the platform now using their phones for everything and that extra two millimeters of screen space is somehow eBay thinks worthwhile protecting. <laughs> All right, elsewhere in the news, now we have a little bit more information coming through, and this is a little bit vague, and I'll explain why. And this is to do with the uh, Steiner's civil case against uh, Messrs. Wenig uh, and eBay and et al. Um, and it's got kind of weird this week. Um, I wonder why nothing had happened. It did seem to be very silent with nothing being posted and lots of stuff's motions sitting there waiting to be ruled on, maybe this is the answer. The government has intervened. The government is not a party to the case, but the government has filed something with the court that says, aha, we have detected in your documents something that represents classified information that is important to the state, and we want to redact that, and we want to work with both sides of the case to remove said information from the record. So it's a bit difficult to work out because obviously there's not much of a paper trail as to what, what that's about. It seems to refer to the paperwork that relates to the sort of main defendant, the guy they, I would say, threw under the bus. You might have a different view. Jim Barr or Jim Bohr, depending how you want to pronounce his name. And you may recall that one of his lines of defense was that what he was doing was techniques that he was taught and advised to do by the government when he was working for the CIA. And therefore, it would be hypocritical of the government now to come after him for following actions that they endorsed when he worked for them. That was one of his lines of defense. Now, it didn't get past the judge because he could not get anyone in the CIA to, to stand up and give evidence that he actually worked for them. So that fell by the wayside and it was never presented uh, as a defence. Now what's happened, I think it seems to be that whatever whatever he said about his work for the CIA might have been what caused the government now to get concerned that maybe he was talking about stuff that he shouldn't have talked about, kind of implying uh. he did work for them, really. So, I mean, obviously he's been sentenced. It's probably water under the bridge as far as he's concerned. But it does, it does, it does get more mysterious as as this goes on. I'm not sure we're ever going to get to the the bottom of this, and I will happily declare I have no legal training, no particular insight. I just read the paperwork as it comes through. But that's an interesting one, and I don't know how long it's going to tie things up and 
we'll we'll find out in due course. But I thought you might be interested just to hear that because it's just got really, really weird. It's a weird case anyway, and it's just got weirder. Very so it may actually be true that he <laughs> did work for the CIA. Uh, the his paperwork, which is still uh, at least on the, on the site in some form, says it claims he claimed he worked for the National Clandestine Service, which sounds like a I hadn't heard of before, but it, per Wikipedia, it does seem to exist. And I think it's a sort of a, an organization with sort of part-time people who run informants, perhaps more in industry, um, trying to get hold of information that might be of use to the country. It was kind of set up after 9-11. I think it kind of expands the uh, the intelligence gathering abilities of the country down a layer beyond what they could probably handle with their own you know, internal operations, something like that. And he, he, for all, it does look like he might have actually been working for them. You never know. Wow. I, 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 I don't that's think we're going to get a clear answer on that, but there you go. If you, if you like following that case, that's an interesting twist. Obviously, if anything changes, uh, we'll let you know in due course. Yeah. On a less intriguing note, mm. Time Away now has the actual time of day settings. And that's good. I thought I, you'd be excited about that, Philip. Well, as someone who likes his time away, that's that's exciting. Well, exciting is it's better because what I do, let's say I come back on a a Friday, um, my shipping same day shipping clicks over the next day, let's say at noon on a Friday each day, and therefore I want to come off time away at that time. I don't want to be flanking up the fact that I might be on vacation any longer than I have to because it basically divides sales by two in my experience. So the fact that I can now set times and have it timed just after the shipping cutoff for the last day, I think is quite helpful. Now, yeah. I thought it was, I, I tried it when they first, I was, I was unfortunate, I suppose, that the day I was going on vacation recently was the first or second day they were running that feature. And I couldn't get it to turn on until 7 a.m. Pacific time, which was 10 a.m. my time which was a bit inconvenient because I was on the way to the airport by then and it was taking orders whilst I was I was driving to the airport, which was not the best situation. Oh, my um, goodness. But uh, I, I retested it and they'd fixed it. So rather than give you a long rant here about why they shouldn't be launching stuff that isn't tested, I'll just let that one slide and we'll, we'll get them another day. All right. Uh, and also, just quickly in the news before we go to our uh, special guest, um, various reports uh, have been issued by some of the big uh, web store platforms, the likes of Shopify and uh, Big Commerce, support, uh, saying they had a pretty good uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, maybe up 25%. That's something like that year on year, which is good because most people are kind of struggling to maintain growth rates in the sort of the year after the COVID year. And that's quite a bit yes. better than eBay's been doing on a sort of. They don't really. They're not really like for like comparisons. But generally, eBay's been selling less, but hopefully at more margin. These guys seem to be selling a lot more. I don't know whether you can logically conclude that everybody's bailing out of eBay and going into web stores. I suspect some people are, and I would imagine that's probably not a bad thing to do if you have a decent amount of uh, volume. But it, it's interesting. They do seem to be doing well. Although Shopify, one of those two, did recently lay off a bunch of people in the anticipation that they, they'd hired too many. So it's it's a mixed story. But I think web stores might be in the ascendant, um, make, taking advantage of the fact that eBay's fees keep going up and really the people are feeling that they're focusing on a small number of categories and everybody else is left to fend for themselves. Well, I'm not ready to go that route yet. Well, we'll talk Me about neither. that another time. We'll uh, we'll try and try and twist Thank your you, arm Michelle. a bit, perhaps. All right, Sherry, we have. A, let's get on with this. Let's talk about estate sales. Okay, 
Michelle Hoagland of Paladin Global Market is the author of Online Consignment the Easy Way. She's been selling on eBay for 18 years and also likes to educate other people. She does that through her YouTube channel, online courses, coaching, etc. She's also a blast to hang around with in Las Vegas yep. and a wonderful person. And um, she sells primarily on consignment, but I know that, Michelle, you took a across the, I don't know, the West. No, you'll have to tell us. But she traveled thousands of miles with her daughter going to estate sales. Yes, it was the 127 uh, yard sale. It was so much fun. And um, although I do primarily consignment, I love garage sales, estate sales with my daughter. So, yep, absolutely a blast. That's great. So I bet you used your your secrets, how to score big while you were doing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And I am ready to share with everyone. Good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So what's your number one? Number one piece of advice. Yes. So this was something I did not realize, and I hate to say for many years, but remember to bring copies of your reseller certificates with you if you're in a state that you can do that so you don't have to pay taxes when you're checking out. I know that should be obvious, but for me, the light bulb did not go on until years later. So save yourself some money, bring those copies in your car. Now, are you Good talking point. about. It would not um, have occurred to me. Talking about uh, estate sales that are run by sort of professional. Sellers Correct. as opposed to bereaving bereaved relatives, you know. Correct. Okay. Estate professional corporate ones that have their signs already made out. You know that you can see the difference, and they collect sales tax at the register. And are those the ones that you think are, are most beneficial to go after in terms of opportunities? Only when you're going on sale days. Um, so those are the ones that know the market value much better. Um, so you're not you're going to have thinner margins. But if you come when they're almost done, then you can definitely get some deals. So what's number two? Number two, as a woman, do not pack your purse. They do not. Most of the, especially the corporate ones, do not let you bring purses or bags in. So just come prepared, put them in your back pockets and be ready to go sourcing. Mm, no fanny packs. A lot of them will turn around and because they're usually very busy and you have to walk a couple blocks down to get a spot. Sometimes you don't want to have to then go back to the back to your car to drop it back off. So I would say if you can put it in your back pocket, a key, your phone, your money and go and your reseller certificate and go. Okay. So, so turning so up with a, with, a, with a bunch of 20s and 100s is not not the right approach for these kind of things. Probably not. Sometimes I, I'll do both. Um, if I'm doing larger items, which I typically will do estate sales, higher value, then I'll do it with my business uh, checking account. Because that's the nice thing, too, is when you're going to the more corporate ones, they're set up to receive where you don't have to give cash. Do okay. they Are they negotiable? I mean, if they are they would they be able to take cash or they're just not they're not cash operations at all? Um, they will take cash um, and they truly prefer cash, but a lot of the corporate ones don't want to stop um, any sales from occurring. So they will receive many different ways to pay. I've even seen Ven- Venmo, Cash App, that type of thing as well. Hmm. And do they charge you, you a, wear- a percentage commission if they if they have to like 3% extra if you want to pay by card or? Some do, but actually I found that that's the minority. Hmm, um, a majority of them will just know that that's more mainstream nowadays, and so they'll just absorb it. Maybe wear one of those hidden wallets that's under your clothes. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> my stepmother loved that for travel. 
Smart. I think she watched too much um, Home Shopping Network. I wore that. that on there. Yes, I wore one in Africa because it was my first international trip. So I did the same thing. <laughs> Fit some cash in there. Okay, so what what's number three? Okay, so when you guys go in, just like if you're going into a store and everybody goes to the right, go left. That's where the, you know, get away from the crowd, get to the back further rooms as fast as you can. Usually I find the gyms that way. Nice. So you're waiting like to be let in at the very beginning? Typically, my daughter and I will, uh, there's not many times that we're waiting at the very beginning because we do trickle it between garage sales because we map out a big route as our Saturday fun day. Um, but so it not always waiting to get in, but when you get in, it's usually pretty busy for those estate sales. So, um, yes. And so just uh, for let's say someone like me doesn't know much about estate sales. So these things are advertised. You get an address and a starting time, right? Is that how it works? Do you get any any idea of what stuff they have, or is it just a guess based upon the the way the house looks from the outside? Correct. So you do a majority of them now will um, put pictures of the items that they have up. A lot of the more mainstream companies that do this for families um, will also have it on their website advertising. You can get on our email list. And then there's apps that you can go on, like estate sale. I think it's estate.net. Um, that is just a plethora of estate sales um, in your area. Uh, that, and you can even use the GPS inside the app to help get you there. But they'll give you start and end times. And, and how, how early and that. do you get there ahead of the, assuming you get there ahead of the start time, how much extra time do you think you want to be waiting in line outside? I don't because I used to I used to do that years ago. But mm. when I when you get there early at the beginning of estate sales, you're going to pay the most money. So you want to wait till for me. I like to wait till about Saturday um, for it. Now you're now the more high dollar items are going to go quicker. But these these corporate run companies know the price of them because they're checking eBay comps too. So mm -hmm. as a reseller, I'd rather get it when they want to get rid of it. And they um, they're what, and, Friday, Saturday, Sunday these things. Typically, yes. So Fridays are a very common first estate sale day, sometimes Thursday to Sunday, um, but Fridays and Saturdays. And so my daughter and I usually show up on Saturdays. And, is there and some of them mark it all 50% off this on Saturday. Yes, they keep stepping down like 25% on Friday, 50 on Saturday, and then fire sale on Sunday. They're giving it away at the end of the day. Hmm. From the photos they published, do you have a particular technique for trying to figure out what kind of person this was, what sort of stuff they're likely to have, any any strategy or insights that you can get just from the publicly available information that helps you then decide tactically how you're going to handle it? Great question. So two things. And for me, honestly, one of it is because I've become very familiar with my area here in Orlando. Um, as well. I know you live here too, but looking Lots at the area, <laughs> yeah, and you can tell the different areas that are better. Like Winter Park is definitely a gold mine. Windermere is a gold mine. So I know the different areas of town typically will be one, my first check, and then the second check from the pictures and stuff. You can see how put together it is. And honestly, Philip, I really don't want the ones that are extremely put together because that just means it's going to cost more. So I, it's a nice balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's your favorite thing to find? 
old cameras. I love old cameras. Oh. Yeah, they're they're fun. and they don't have a, their their market value is not as high as it used to be, but it's a it's a fond memory of my my father and I when I was growing up, but also um I do resell them. But yes, old cameras and then you'll always find my daughter in the clothing. <laughs> She's like buried in the closet finding stuff. I found some really good stuff lace, lately as well in the closet. And as someone who's Does she like uh, vintage clothing? Oh, yes. <laughs> As someone who sold a lot of uh, film cameras for pennies on the dollar, of course, uh, what what cameras are you, in your view, attractive and which ones aren't? Because my guess is there's quite a big difference between some and others. There is. I I like the old Kodak cameras, and of course now I'm a Canon girl. Um, but those are, are my favorite. The the Japan cameras I find just don't have a lot of value, unfortunately. Market resale value. They may have personal value, but I have found that some of the the other ones, um, like the Vivitars, I don't see on on just the personal cameras, not the high end ones. Um, for me, typically don't sell really well. And do people still buy cameras that will take film to take photographs, or is it just reminiscing about those old vacations they had when they were younger or whatever to keep safe? Most of them are they reminiscing and putting on the shelves mm-hmm. because I most of the cameras that I've sold I'll put on there, you know, if there's an issue or I really like those old ones with the bellows that you open up. Oh my gosh, they're so beautiful to display. And so a lot of them will just buy them more for display. Gotcha. Okay, so now are we on number? Are we going to number four now? Yes, I think actually I think we might be. Oh yes, number four. So when you want to go go when everybody goes right, you go left. The next thing is guest bedrooms and garages. GGs. Those those have ah. I have found the most money. Uh, that's usually where my cameras are in the guest rooms, and then the garages, and, and usually the tech techie stuff is in the guest rooms for some reason and then ah. the garages hold a lot of money like baseball gloves leather baseball gloves you can usually do really well and in golf clubs and that type of thing that's good to know because i feel like i head for the kitchen and not that i find anything i want there usually but um that's that's a good hidden gem yes. okay now what's number five Yes. So that's the next thing. So I find that the kitchen gets so much foot traffic because it's usually in the center of the house. So it's Mm -hmm. usually picked through a little bit more unless you're getting there early, which Haley and I do not. So the other thing, though, is look in the cabinets of the kitchen. This is the last thing I'll do after I do the sweep around the house is go into the kitchen and look for the coffee mugs. A lot of those older Starbucks mugs and that type of thing um, can fetch. uh, You'll be surprised. You can get some good money. And they're usually undervalued at estate sales um, for some reason. So I've found some pretty cool deals. Old Apple uh, coffee mugs. I sold one, I believe, for $50. And I think I only got it for like two bucks. So it's, it's fun. And are you going yes. around running this stuff through Terapeak when you see something, or are you just relying on your previous experience and knowledge to decide what to buy? Great question. So uh, previous experience and knowledge, but I'm checking the eBay sold comps right there on my phone um, to just see what the sell-through rate is and how strong the demand is um, to see if I even want to mess with it, because I do get so much of my inventory for free on consignment. So this is just a fun, quick flip type of thing for me. So but just, you can just take a lot of money with it. Can you just walk us through that in just a bit more detail? Can you just when? So you look at Starbucks coffee cup or something, and then what are you mm-hmm. actually looking for? What numbers are you pulling off the screen to decide whether that's a good or bad purchase? 
Well, the nice thing, um, I'm looking at the year of the coffee mug on the bottom, and then also the, the larger ones are better because this day and age likes the larger cups. The smaller coffee cups I found don't do as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And then the different cities, um, is for sure, those are really popular. Um, and then also, I, if I'm having a hard time, the good thing is it'll usually say for the Starbucks ones, it'll actually say this, this, the city or, and then the year on the bottom. But if I'm having a hard time uh, identifying something, I'll use Google image and it'll usually pull up eBay listings by doing hmm. that. And then I'll go to the sold comps. Google so, image has gotten so good. Oh my I gosh. used it for <laughs> these etched glass champagne flutes and it pulled up the same pattern so that I now know it's called Diane or and the other one's Cambridge Rose but Google Images has gotten really good oh yes I'm very impressed with it Haley my daughter introduced it to me and it was um it's pretty awesome what a great tool and okay so what is our big number six okay drum roll <laughs> The big number six is you want to network at estate sales. I um, I have found that talking to these estate sale own the company owners, they need to get through this inventory because if they don't sell it, then they have to sit on it or they're not making as much. So um, network them because one of my consignment clients owns an estate sale, a company. And so she'll call me and let me come cherry pick the items. And then at the end of the sale, I can run through it and pick up any of the items that I feel is a good thing to sell. So make sure you network, bring your cards with you. You'll never know um, what kind of connections you can make. Do you ever nice. get to the point where you just make an offer to take everything at the end? Because space has been a challenge for me in the last two years, I'm trying to really find the balance between uh, storage units and, and or we rent, recently uh, rented a much larger home to bring my business in the home. I don't buy in huge bulk like that anymore, um, but I do know many people that do. I have heard of many people that do that, mm. and um, you just have to be set up to purge through inventory. That's all. That sounds like my worst nightmare. To, to, to take everything. I, I mean, taking everything. that That's rough. That's a lot to go through. It can be. And I think that as as resellers in general, we're always trying to per, I was just doing it yesterday, going through our inventory, restructuring, re, re, you know, kind of make room and squishing everything. And so, yeah, you just have to be set up for it. You know, and I'm sure I, that people who are doing it have a system where, okay, we're just going to go donate all of this. And then that's how they got the other things, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And you can find some good stuff doing that as long as you just take into consideration the, the gas, the U-Haul the truck or whatever you're using to come gather that in the time. Um, yeah, there could definitely be some money to be had in that. Um, but it's good. Those are my secrets. Some of my Thank you secrets for, those. for winning at estate sales. So nice. if, if I'm looking to get into this, how much time do you think it's going to take me to get out to the sale, wait in line if I choose to do that, get my stuff, come back. Well, it's a half a day probably of my time? Ah, probably, I'd say maybe two to three hours, depending okay. on where you live. And I, you're pretty centrally located, so you're near some of the, the better spots in this area. Um, so, and like, 
uh, I'm not going to call out other spots. I can tell you directly after the radio show, but <laughs> you know, there are certain areas that you just don't want to spend your time driving over. So yes, about two to three hours, I would say. And how much do you normally spend at a, a, a sale if there is an average value? And what would that translate to in terms of actual revenue on eBay at the end of the day? Um, I My goal is always to at least triple my money, my original investment, or I don't want to mess with it. Um, and I'm trying to find smaller items to source. Um, and so um, I typically will spend about 100, 300 and up, depending on the items that are available. I've gotten very picky. Um, I've been doing this for 18 years and, and I've just, uh, I'm, I'm picky on the items that I, I, I pick. <laughs> and so, um, I am not spending thousands of dollars at an estate sale, but usually hundreds of dollars. When I was first selling on eBay, I would get the newspaper and then go through the ads and circle all the estate sales that looked promising. Mm. And that's how uh, we did it in the old days in the newspaper. <laughs> and then I would yes. make my route using MapQuest. Mm -hmm. And um, it was fun because the truth is I'd never been to a garage sale in my life before that. It just wasn't my thing. So it was really fun. And I got, I found some interesting things like one gal was a salesperson for children's, a certain brand of children's backpacks. So she had all of her samples from the previous season and I got all of those. So those sold really well. But it is a treasure hunt, and I, I found a, I'll just, this is the last one I'll say, bore you guys with, but this red line wheel, hot wheel, and it was actually missing a wheel, and I got it for a few bucks, and I sold it for $57. Nice, that's exciting. It's a treasure hunt for sure, and the cool thing too um, is that you get to walk through sometimes the most gorgeous of homes. You're like, oh my gosh. And it's not always because the family member has passed. Some estate sales are just people moving out of state and they just hire a company to come in. So it's not always, you know, kind of you kind of feel bad, you know, that you're, uh, but you're helping the family out by helping them to, to get through the, the, the inventory. But it's, it, it can be a lot of fun. Given the circumstances, do you have to be sometimes tactful about how you remark on stuff? I mean, you don't want to say, I can't imagine anyone wearing that just in case, yes. you know? You do. You want to be, because sometimes the family members are there, I'd say probably about 50% of the time oh, okay. or, yeah. or friends. So you do want to, and you, I've even heard them talking about, you know, the beloved past, you know, kind of like good memories in the uh -huh. other room type of thing. So you do want to be tactful of that. And I always kind of keep it, I, I keep it on the download that I'm a, I have a professional business until at the end, if I want to network with the owner, if it's a well-run estate sale. What percentage yeah. of these turn out to be a bust where there's nothing worth having and you just blow a few hours and get nothing out of it? Very little compared to garage sales. As far as a bust for us going, driving across the city to go mm -hmm. um, visit, um, garage sales, those sometimes can be, I'd say maybe 25, 30% of the time, but for estate sales, maybe 10% of the time. Usually an estate sale is another step up. They're usually a little more expensive than garage sales, but you can still have a lot of meat on the bone for as a reseller. So they're definitely fun. I found a dress recently I learned about, found my daughter digging in a closet, and I found this Disney dress, and I did not even know about is Rain Spooner brand. 
and I think I got it for like two or three bucks and it sold for over a hundred. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. So you never know what you'll find. Nice. Do you have any uh, suggestions for hunting. any negotiation techniques if uh, you, you think something's overpriced and you want to try and get a better price? I would just say being very friendly and kind is the best. You get more done with sugar, you know, is mm -hmm. being sweet and kind to people. Um, and then just uh, just asking, is there a sale coming up in the future? Are you have, are you marking it down in the future? A lot of the times I say, yes, tomorrow it'll be so-and-so. And then I'll say, would you consider possibly taking, like maybe they'll mark it down to 50% tomorrow. I might say, would you consider maybe 40% today? And a lot of the times if you're kind and they're not like crazy swamped at the register, then they they will come off the price. So the person at the register generally has some discretion to be able to adjust prices? Yes, or the person that makes the decisions is usually right behind there fiddling on something. I've, right. I've always seen that the one at the register typically is the one. You'll see the ring to ring leader. So you'll see <laughs> the person who's in charge because they're usually talking and moving and directing and stuff like that. But usually they're, behind, they're near the register. And can you do you know combo deals? If I take all this set, would you give me that? Different price. Absolutely. I mean, so everything's negotiable. Is fair to say? Do you think? Yes. Very. There is one estate sale company that I won't go to because it's ex exorbitantly priced, and um, he does not deal at all um, with wheel and deal. But the others, yes, they are very negotiable. And their goal at the end of the day is they see this house full of stuff. They have to sell it, or they're not getting paid as much. So right. I have found that majority of them are very uh, willing to deal. Do you ever go when they're uh, right before they're packing it up? Yes. And that's the best one when I'm doing consignment. A lot of the times you'll get things for free um, uh, when you're getting right at the very, very end. So we'll loop around if it's like about two o'clock and the garage sales are wrapping up and we're like, oh, we didn't hit. Let's go hit this one. And I, I've, I've been given stuff or given stuff for pennies on the dollar um, if you catch it right when they're about to have the donation truck come and get the rest. Because I know how I feel even just selling these monitors that I had that I have to remember again never to bother to sell but I brought a 40 inch tv slash monitor upstairs for someone to buy and I, I would have given it to her for anything by the time it's we're because I'm like I do not want to carry this downstairs exactly so I sold it for whatever she offered which wasn't much it had a big scratch on the screen though so that kept crazy? that out of the landfill, which was nice. Yes. And furniture sells really well at estate sales. That's usually one of the items I see goes that goes first. So the smaller household goods that I enjoy and the leather purses and shoes, don't forget the shoes, um, those type of things, um, they uh, you can usually get a really good deal. But yeah, the furniture goes the fastest. And is there yeah. a, a community of people that you see over and over at these things, the just the local oh, yeah. people that like, you oh, know them hello. by name and you're here yep. must be a good one. You know, that sort of um, thing. Yes, I do. And so we make our decision because uh, I would just like uh, Sherry and, and when I first started, I, I remember getting in the newspaper and doing the map quest and doing all the routes and printing everything out. But um, now with the app, it makes it so, so much easier to find them. But I do have people that, hey, don't forget this one. Or oh, I saw a sign. This one's coming out. And they'll let me know. Give me a heads up. So it's good to build a community. That's great. That sounds fun. Absolutely. Come on down. Let's all three go. <laughs> oh, I would do it. If I come to Florida, I'm doing it. Can that we would go to be the fun. beach too. 
I mean, presumably it doesn't, doesn't make much difference where you are in the country enormously how these things work. This is pretty much a standard procedure anywhere. Or does, does it vary a lot depending on which part of the country you're in? I have, I've, I've gone to several estate sales in different states as well. And I have to say, it's not necessarily the, the like the East Coast, the Northeast Coast, they have a lot of a more vintage and antique items, which right. is pretty cool. Um, but the, uh, it's typically just the area of town that you're in will, will cause the variation. And then of course, if you're using a company that does this full time and they know the value versus a family who's just like, please help us just get rid of this stuff. Sure, you want a dollar? Okay, I'll take it. Just please get this out um, type of thing. And for larger items, can you pay now and, and pick it up within 24 hours? Or do you have to yes. take stuff with you? Is What's the normal sort of pickup specification on these things, just in case you, you go crazy and you want that you yes. know, set of sofas or something that you didn't plan on buying when you set out? Great question. So yes, a lot of them will have that you need to pick it up before the estate sale ends on that Sunday. So you'll have time to come back. And I've even seen some that have where well, you could hire their moving cut that they have a moving thing, they really have their act together, and they'll deliver it for like $99 or something. they'll move mm -hmm, it and mm -hmm. deliver it to you as well. But the but the norm is they'll let you have at least a day to come back and pick it up. That's and great. they have a sold ta they have a table too, a hold table. Most of them will have a table behind the register that people as they're shopping can come and have them hold it for them while they continue to shop the house. So if you fill your hands up and find lots of loot, they can put it in that that table for you. That's very common in estate sales. You know, one thing I found at one of these estate sales is an eighteen. I'm thinking of the year eighteen ninety seven. Or, um, pastel painting and it's got this gold um, frame it's so beautiful that's I never do this but I ended up keeping it instead of selling it and it was painted by someone who's really unknown as an artist but he actually helped motorize the New York Police Department at the turn of the century so wow. that's one thing I kind of I geeked out about it and <laughs> I love it. I found a Bible. Uh, it was from 1846, a big, thick, leather-bound Bible, and I, I kind of made about $200 off it. I'm like, no, that's not something you find every day. I'm holding on to that, so I kept that one myself. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So um, do I get to update you guys about my, my check from the UPS? from my damaged item. Yep, we it's could, kind of a mystery. Why don't we Please. just uh, say thank you for Michelle's contribution on the uh, ins and outs of estate sales. Thank you very much for that. We'd like to have you have you back if we can at some point. I think you're also uh, very uh, willing to talk to about um, uh, the consignment selling side of your business, and maybe we could get you to talk about that in we'll more detail. That. And uh, I, I think you've just published a book, uh, as Sherry was saying, on it's on Amazon, right? It is. I hit bestseller in several categories. Wow, I'm just well so tickled pink. And this is, a real, this is a real book with pages Thank and a you. cover and a thing yes. that turns up in the post and you can give it to it people. Is, yes, it is. And a you have it in audio book too, right? I have. So I have the digital, the Kindle. I also have the um, paperback and then I have Audible is being recorded. Okay, that's awesome. Amazing. Congratulations. And I have read most of it. I'm not done yet. And it's really good. I, I mean, it's very clear. It's fun to read. It's as pleasant oh. as you are. The tone, the voice of 
of the book is just wonderful. And I think it's a, a great thing for anyone who's thinking about starting selling on eBay and how they want to sell or someone who's already selling on eBay, but wants to start doing consignment. You give so much information. It's very clear and easy to read. All right. Thank you. And, Thank and the, you and so the, much. And the title of your book is? It's Online Consignment the Easy Way. All right. So type that into your Amazon search or whatever else you, uh, you want to use, and that should come up. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for those tips. Very helpful. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on then. Talk about some other stuff before we have to go. Sherry, now this is a story about a check. Uh, it was an insurance claim from UPS. Is that right? That's right. And it, it's from back in August when my claim was approved and accepted. And then I just never received the money, even though it said the notification said I was paid. So uh, after calling UPS, you might recall from previous shows, um, I found out they said that they paid eBay. So after several communications with eBay, um, eBay said that they would send me a check and I never received one. And I called eBay and they said, oh, they sent a check. Mm. And I said, no, I didn't get one. And um, then all of a sudden, this week, I got a check from UPS, no explanation of anything, but um, it was for the right amount of money. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I find it mysterious. Well, it's, it's reassuring, because this arises because you were shipping items out on UPS labels issued by eBay. Yeah, so through it's e eBay. eBay's contract with UPS. You're not the contract holder. So it's eBay that's effectively buying the insurance from, from UPS. And therefore, in theory, by default, any claim payout would go back to eBay as the customer of record for the shipping label. But that's no good to you because you can't spend money that's sitting in eBay's account. So you right. had to go I through wouldn't some I would mind hoops. if eBay credited me or gave mm -hmm. me the funds. But it, it was just so bizarre. And then they said they sent me a check, but I didn't receive a check. And then I get a check from UPS. Isn't that weird? But just to let's just go back. It's it's. I'm curious to how you were able to get eBay to sign over money from them to you. Who did you call? What did you say? What evidence did you have to bring? Because my guess is that's not an easy process. Oh, it's not. And it well, uh, when I did call eBay, the person, the customer service. Uh, person was great but he said he'll have to do some investigating and he said he'll call me back that was my first phone call and then he called me back two days later well that's and said he, that is that is the surprise of the week that oh any, yeah. anyone calls you back i i was and it was the same person i mean well, he was following well, yeah. up on this and he was talking to ebay's shipping department um who you can't talk to but he can talk to them and then mm -hmm. he called me back and um Actually, he called me back just to say they're not sure, but they'll get back to me. And then several days later, he got back to me again and said that eBay is going to send me a check. And then I never received one. And it's like months go by. And so I just thought, oh, I should call eBay again. And I called and I said, I filled them in and he had all the notes on the system too and Good. he said he'll talk to the shipping department and call me back and he called me back a couple days later this other person well that's good 
So yeah, just, and just, to, just just to recap, ahead. because I, I this is a thorny one, and it happens from time to time, and you can easily get lost in the system. So you just oh, called yeah. eBay customers, or had them call you, I guess, is sometimes how it works these days. Now, you are on the concierge system, I assume. So I am, yes. You didn't go so to the Philippines. That huh? does help. Um, and you set out your case. They said they'd investigate, and they take it away. Um, if it were me, and, and maybe you did, I would always, at this point, before you hang up, get the what I would call the SR number, the, ser- the service record number, of that interaction, write that down somewhere, because if they don't call you back, and I don't want to be unkind, but sometimes that's the way it rolls, um, then you can call up again and say, by the way, I'm following up on SR number one dash, whatever it is, and you can hopefully pick up where you left off without having to go through the whole process all over again. So that's my additional uh, tip for you. Always anything like this where you think there might be a follow-up, Note down the SR number. They'll give you that. It's it's just a record number of that that telephone conversation, um, but it also signals to them that you're serious and that uh, uh, you'll be coming back to yes. them. So uh, I would I would gather that, and then if they don't come back to you, you you, you go back within a reasonable period of time and, and pick it up. But it sounds like it worked out okay. That's good. I know it did, and I think the point also is uh, keep going after it. I didn't let it ruin my life. I would just periodically remember, hey, I haven't <laughs> received anything, and then, um, and then just make a phone call. And um, I mean, this went from August, and it got I got the check in December. Okay, so but it was for two hundred and five dollars. I mean, it was worth it. <laughs> And the good thing by the sound of it was they didn't ask for a whole they didn't didn't try and say, Well, you didn't pack it properly, we need to do this, that and the other, it's all your fault. Or oh no, they did that. I, oh, okay, I went right. through I went through hell in the beginning, um, trying to get the claim approved with UPS and I had pictures of all the bubble wrap and the smashed box and the shattered item. And okay. they approved it, which amazed me that they approved it. And then weeks went by, and even though it was approved, I never received payment. And then I followed up with UPS, and they said, oh, we sent payment. We sent it to eBay. To get the claim approved by UPS, you deal with UPS directly. Yeah. They wanted to know the account number, I think, if I'm remembering the story on this right, to be able to take that inquiry from you. Is this the case where the account number is the first few digits of the tracking number or the last few digits of the tracking number, something like that? Oh, right. They wanted the account number, but none of the paperwork they sent me or emailed me had an account number. And the little treasure that I discovered somehow was that the UPS, the tracking number is the account number. It's so bizarre. It's 1Z account number followed by tracking number. Is that the structure they use? I, I just gave the whole tracking okay. number, and that right. was the account okay. number. I can't remember. Sorry. Anyway, all right. So I just try okay. to pick this apart to try and make it followable by useful. somebody else. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you 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 do the hard the heavy lifting in terms of getting UPS to accept they're going to pay the money, and yes, they'll want to try and tell you it's all your fault you didn't pack it properly. Where's the packaging? Where's the photographs? Whatever they do, because right. once they it goes told above, me that on another once item. it goes above a hundred dollars, I think it gets past their underwriters, and they're a whole different game from just the the hundred dollars and less crowd. Which is the answer right. is probably just pay the hundred dollars and not argue about it. Once you crack the hundred, then it, then it gets a whole new game. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, okay, that's good. And then once they've agreed to pay it, then the fund starts with eBay saying, where's my money? It's in your account. Yes. Help. After the hell that I went through getting it approved, I was not going to let it go. Very I'm good. like, after all that, you're going to pay the money. Right. Why don't we explain that very clearly? But I think we did get the key points across in the end. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, let's look at uh, some stuff coming up in the week ahead. Uh, Sherry, we've got a tax matter that might be uh, uh, taking uh, worthy of your attention. Yes. I got a big email saying I yeah, can write off, mm-hmm. what, like a million dollars? I don't know. Section 179. The deadline is December 31st. And that is um, a legal write-off that you can have by buying inventory, correct? I think it's stuff you can, there's certain stuff you can buy and expense it against tax pretty much in one year, but your deadline's approaching. So um, yeah. if you want to buy stuff for your business and you want to get it into this tax year and you want to write it off, I think it's a more generous arrangement than perhaps is in the past. Rather than depreciate it, I think you can just write it off. But I am not a tax person, and if you've listened to the program before, you'll know that we don't understand this stuff very well. So, uh, But you probably like us got a big, big, big graphical email saying, this is your time to get your Section 179 write-off. So I refer you to that. I'm sure it's correct. Yes. Another thing that you might be interested in is uh, uh, Etsy, if you get this program fairly quickly, is uh, holding a little uh, demonstration or a discussion about taking uh, product photos. It's by one of their sellers, someone who does those kind of talks. That's of interest to me. Uh, details are right now at uh, sellerevents.etsy.com. You want to find out about that. And lastly, Sherry. La- time to file your resale license, your tax exemption. Uh, status with eBay so that you don't have to pay sales tax yeah. for business purchases. Saves you money. And that's going to be it for this week's edition of the uh, Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you very much to Michelle for her contribution. Uh, this is Philip Jackson saying thank you as always uh, for joining us. We'll be back again soon. Lovely to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, sell, sell, sell dot online is the website. And have a great week and thank you for joining us. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying, see you next time.